This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner here with you and uh, getting the podcast out this week. We obviously did a long basketball podcast with Derek Piper earlier in the week and then later that day kind of got dated a little bit because Alan Griffin with the transfer. But uh, I'd scheduled this one uh, days ago and uh, I was really excited to talk with uh, someone that most Illini fans know uh, that Illini fans are proud of as an Illinois graduate who's done so well in this business, Ryan Baker of CBS2 Chicago. Ryan has had a long career, um, obviously graduated from the University of Illinois, grew up on the south side, uh, the Chicagoland area, and he's gone on to do great things. Obviously, he was the manager of the Flying Illini team, one of the greatest teams in Illinois history, so he has tight relationships with a lot of those guys. We share some of those stories uh, about the Flying Illini and uh, those competitive practices, kind of like the the dream team. He's kind of got some insight about what those practices were like more so than in the games. Also that coaching staff, um, his memories and, and affection for Jimmy Collins and, and Lou Henson as well. Uh, so we get into that. We get into his career of some of the high marks of his career. I asked him about Lovey Smith breaking that news that he was going to be the hire. Uh, we talk about some of his experiences covering some of the biggest sporting events in the world. Uh, but Ryan graduated from Illinois, uh, did TV in Champaign for two stations, WCIA and WICD, moved to San Diego for a year where he did TV out there, moved to Orlando where he was there for about seven or eight years before he got back to Chicago and has been known as a sports guy for the last decade and a half. Uh, but Ryan has switched over to news. And I, I think that's an interesting switch and i think that's an interesting story about making the switch from sports to news you see many people doing that and for a lot of people it's it's obviously a job where you can get a big pay raise but uh, maybe more regular hours as well than sports people and ryan has two beautiful young daughters and a beautiful wife and i know that can probably help his schedule as well so caught up with ryan about that but of course news right now to to jump into news what five six months ago and to think of the 2020 election that's going on, that's very divisive. But of course, now with COVID-19 and the coronavirus, that has just changed our world. I talked to Ryan about what that's like to be a news reporter now um, in a time like that and, and how he goes about and does it. He, he gets in great detail about that, but also at a, at a time where your trust in news and media is it's not very high for many people and it's it's very political and all these things. So I thought it was a very interesting conversation with Ryan Baker, who's obviously got so many Illinois ties, Illini ties, Illini stories, sports stories, and we get into that. Uh, but I thought it was a fantastic conversation about making the switch and what this has been like for him. I really enjoyed this conversation with Ryan Baker. I hope you do too. Here's Ryan Baker, CBS2 Morning News anchor well i was just gonna ask you just to start this off ryan what, what's your day-to-day like right now as as a news anchor amidst all this well so what's what's interesting 
I guess if that's a word you want to use now, is we're telling every, everybody to social distance and the state's under a stay-at-home order or shelter-in-place, whatever you want to call it, a lockdown. But, you know, the media is still considered an essential service, certainly the news media. So uh, my daily schedule and routine hasn't really changed for the most part. I mean, the clock goes off at 2 a.m. Um, I'm out the door no later than 2.30. Uh, the great thing about working the morning schedule and coming in in the middle of the night, there's nobody on the road, which I love because I absolutely hate traffic. So the fact, you know, getting to work is pretty much the same. A lot less car, even there weren't many cars on the road to begin with, but a lot less now. And, um, you know, we would normally have a, you know, I'm normally in the station between 2.45 and 3, and we have a staff meeting at 3.15, and there's other things we got to do, whether it's like, uh, you know, uh, a hit on WBBM radio or, you know, for Amazon Echo, you know, you trade off one anchor's got to write, uh, like these are the headlines coming up, and we're on the air at 4.30, mm-hmm. from 4.30 to 7, which is a long stretch, and then some, I do some national cut-ins from in the, in the 7 o'clock hour, so I'm doing all of that. What's different is that our station, I mean, we have the bare minimum amount of people physically in the station needed to get on the air. I mean, just like a lot of people are working remotely, working from home uh, through technology. I mean, a lot of our writers, producers, they're working remotely from home. So they're, you know, writing for the newscasts from home. Uh, you know, they're upgrading their capabilities to even edit video and send it in from home. So, you know, basically, instead of having a studio with four people, even five people on set, I am literally the only person on the set in the studio. <laughs> we have this huge studio, and there's three people inside that studio. Me, uh, the, the, the gentleman who runs the teleprompter, and uh, a woman who is just, like a, a stagehand manager who works the lights. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're all, I mean, I'm probably... 25 feet from them at least if you know if not more and they're at least six to 12 feet apart from where they're sitting because uh you know our meteorologist is forecasting from home uh the woman who does traffic although there's a whole lot of traffic to talk about but she, <laughs> she's from home using their iphones as cameras yeah and this is how the technology is advanced and we have this app called the zero that feeds directly into the station system so when they you know it, it's like a a hyped up FaceTime <laughs> or Skype, if you will. But, but, but this, this, I mean, when, when this, they hit this app on the camera, it feeds directly into it interfaces with the station's wow. control room and, and they could be brought and they broadcast live. And, um, another one of our anchor reporters, I mean, she's from home and my co-anchor, uh, she's two, three floors up in the newsroom in a fixed camera. So to practice social distancing, because the first, I want to say it was, uh, right when, this thing took a hard, the, the coronavirus, COVID-19 took that hard right of like, okay, this is, this is going to be, this is serious and it's going to be this way for a while. You know, I said, we, we can't as a station, you know, preach social distancing and come to us for facts if we're, you know, six inches apart <laughs> instead right. of six feet. So we, you know, and not to mention for our own health and safety to go back to our families and come to work because it's a risk every time you leave your house, essentially. But uh, it's a public service, and it, it's amazing how things have changed for me from today. To and it's, I've only been in this new position a little more than six months, right? And just you know, and to think of it this way, I, I had a I had a friend of mine in the business of uh, one of my mentors. He says, "Listen, 
all you need is, you know, one or two big breaking stories and you'll be on your way. I said, well, it's Chicago. I mean, a breaking story is going to happen maybe once a week. I didn't know that this is, you know, you know, certainly since in this millennium, this is the story of the century right now. Yeah. No, I was going to say, Brian, that was my next question is obviously you've been sports guy all your life and you switch over to news sure. and Hey, I, I, I know this business. I know how great of an opportunity I know with your family that probably works out. And I want to ask you about that, but I mean, you switched over to news at an interesting time, man. Not, not only the 2020 election, which is still going to happen, and that's so divisive, and uh, everything going on sure. in Chicago, but but this. Um, I mean, what's that been like for you? This has been, you know, you're thrown into the fire of, of this news, thi- news thing, and, you know, wh- how, is that, how has that kind of sat with you? I mean, how has it changed you, or how has it kind of sat with you? That's a great question, Jeremy, because, you know, Going back to my beginnings in broadcasting, graduating from U of I uh, with a journalism degree in, in, in May of 1991. And, you know, that's, so we're talking almost 30 years now. I mean, it's 2020, which I'm, I'm dating myself and aging, but that's, you know, I guess longevity. You know what? The fact, th- this is why I'm proud to say that because uh, from two weeks after I graduated from Illinois, I've been working in, in, in this business in some, some shape or form in the television news business. That's rare. From since, since June of 1991, uh, when I got my first job at Channel 15, WRCD, which was a NBC affiliate at the time. Do you remember Dan Swaney was, uh, did sports at, at, uh, at Channel 15? I do. Years ago. So I he, don't. He, he called me and he said, listen, uh, and I, I could bore you with that, but, but Larry Smith, who was at CNN for a long time, and he's been in a lot of places around the country, he had gotten a job to go to Knoxville, and he said, listen, uh, Larry Smith is leaving. Uh, a woman who was a photographer, they're bumping her up to report it as a job. Before you can even say it, I said, I'll take it. And that, the first job to get in the door was as a cameraman, as a photographer, news photographer. I'm like, I'll take it. I just wanted to get in. Mm-hmm. And that was, that, that was in June of 91. And within a year, I was uh, news reporting and producing one of the newscasts uh, at Channel 15 within a year. Because I had, while I was a photographer, I was, always, I was doing what's called, at that time, was called one-man band. Now they call it MMJ. They gave it a real fancy title a multimedia journalist, which a lot of the young people coming up in the business today do, where they shoot, they edit, they do everything themselves. Of course, the cameras are a lot lighter. <laughs> the equipment's not as cumbersome as it was then. But uh, I, I feel very fortunate that that was, you know, from June of 91, starting at Channel 15, being a news reporter. I, I remember the day Dave Shaw, God rest his soul, called me at Channel 15. I think I was filling in to do sports on the 4th of July. And he called me and asked me if, you know, I'd be interested in coming to work for him at Channel 3, which I think that single moment changed the trajectory of my life and career. Absolutely. To just because, you know, Channel 3 was, I mean, that's the Yankees at that time, of course, WCIA, of course. So I ended up going to work there and, uh, until 94, until I got the opportunity to go to San Diego uh, which at that time, Midwest Television owned WCIA, WMBD in Peoria, and KFNB in San Diego. And, and I was doing more news than sports, even though I wanted to do sports. I, I say all this to say of coming full circle sure. of having a foundation and, and being trained as not, I, so I've never looked at myself as a sports guy or I'm a, you know, I'm a journalist, 
You know, I'm, I'm a, I love sports. I love basketball. I love the Illini. I love all these things, but I, I'm, I'm a journalist and I'm a storyteller and, you know, having the, the journalistic foundation and training and principles, it's amazing to me that now here, almost 30 years later, uh, I'm back in a, in a, in a position of where kind of how I started of doing news and doing news stories before I got the opportunity to do sports full time, because, uh, you know, I was, I was doing, I was filling in sports when I was in Champaign and San Diego, but my first full-time sports job was not until 1995 in Orlando yeah. when I got hired at the weekend sports anchor. And, and that was a very timely thing because, you know, my buddy Nick Anderson was <laughs> playing for the magic and they had this guy named Shaquille O'Neal yeah. and Penny Hardaway. And they were, they were really good. And I kind of walked into that and, you know, I, I started in, in, in March, April of 95, and the Magic ended up going to the NBA Finals that year. So and my, and my timing's been pretty good <laughs> with that. And that, you know, and I, I ended up being in Orlando almost nine years before getting the opportunity to come back to Chicago to work at uh, NBC5 to do sports. And I was there for five years. Um, I, did, I, I was the, the main sports anchor at, uh, at CBS2 WBVM which is a station I grew up watching as a kid in Chicago. I mean, you're watching Bill Curtis and, mm-hmm. and Walter Jacobson. To be able to do newscasts with these legends was just surreal. But from 2008, I mean, this is, I, I'm starting my 13th year. So it's, it's crazy how the years add up. And it was just an opportunity that was presented to me uh, that I felt like, I, I felt like I needed a transition for a number of reasons, not just for family reasons or, um, you know, I think we all want to be challenged in this business. I mean, look, I look at you and I applaud you. I think you do an amazing job. Of, you found a, an amazing niche and you, you, nobody covers the Illini better than you and, you. and your staff. And it's just, it's, it's, I'm very proud of you. I'm seeing how you've grown through the years in doing that. But I think you have to find out what your path is and keep challenging yourself. Yeah. And, you know, uh, could could I do sports highlights every night for who knows how long? Sure, I could, but I wouldn't be. I, I wouldn't have been challenged doing that. And and you know, this business has changed so much of allowing you to to get out and 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 tell stories and be there. I mean, that's where the excitement is. You know that. I mean, the yeah. excitement is being there in the venue, in the place. It's the people. That's where the stories are. It's not in behind the desk. And you know, so that that's a bit of a challenge being a morning news anchor. But I have some opportunities to do some other things. You know, as we grow into this role, uh, you know, <laughs> assuming that the coronavirus doesn't last forever, right. <laughs> that, that, that to really stretch out and do some things. And, and you know, you look at in, in TV news, the one area of growth in our business is in the morning. You know, just if you think about it from a local and national level, particularly, yeah. that's, you know, some of the, you know, biggest people kind of transition to the morning and a lot of people, more people have told me, look, I watch you more now than I did at night. Cause I'm usually asleep at 10 o'clock. So right. I catch you in the morning. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's really interesting. Everybody's got it on while they're getting ready for work or getting their kids ready, right? Whatever right. it is. Right. So I, I'm wondering for yep. you, right. Or, or they're homeschooling. <laughs> yeah. Not right now. Um, I, I'm wondering for you, I had so many people say, and you see so many, you know, sports people go into news eventually. And, you know, one of the reasons I think is because when you're in sports, you have to cover so many different stories, right? You're doing features. That's right. You're on deadline all the time. Um, you guys have to turn around highlights so quickly, but you also have to do financial stories. You have to do uh, truth to power stories. Like, how do you think sports got you ready for the job you're doing now? 
You know what? That, that, that's that's a, a great question. I get that a lot, and I think you know those of us in the business who do uh, sports or weather in many in many cases it's easier for us to transition to a different role because we have to do so much, and, and so much of it is. I mean, you know, there, there's some of it that's scripted, but the majority of it is not. It's about the knowledge you have and being able to think on your feet and ad lib and you hit it on the head. I mean, you know, when I'm doing a 10 o'clock sportscast and I got, you know, four games going on that all end at 10 o'clock and I'm on at 10:20, where well, you got to turn that around like quick right. and you, you know, and just having that ability to, 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 to think on your feet and do everything quickly. And, and that's a skill that a lot of people don't possess. And I found switching to this role. I mean, you, you know, when you're doing news, it's, it's, it's a different, I almost equated to like, uh, like if you're driving a, a car or a stick shift, I mean, you can't, you know, start in fourth or fifth gear. I mean, you got to, kind of, you know, you, you got to pace yourself and how you're doing it. But there are these moments and times, certainly with a story like we're experiencing right now, where, when there's a lot of information, you got to continue to retain that information where there's going to be moments, you know, if the governor breaks in with a press conference or the mayor of Chicago, or there's a new development where you, you have to know that you have to be able to recall that information, put it in perspective. Um, and, you know, and even the lighter times to be able to, you know, listen to hear something and, and take that and, you know, you know, come up with a quick comeback or a quick response. I mean, all of that stuff, you know, you know, all of my years in television and broadcasting have led me to this point. And I, you know, I just kind of, you don't always have a, a straight answer of why you would do something. You just kind of trust your gut, your instincts, and you know, if you're spiritual, you're, you're led and send. You know, this is the way I'm being led, and you kind of surrender to that and, and go in that direction. And I've done that in my in my life and in, in my career, and for the most part, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Ryan Baker and uh, Ryan, I want to get into actually the, the personal of, of having the mornings like you do. Um, but be, being a news anchor at, at this time in, in this world where so much is divisive. And as you know, we're, we're passionate about journalism, but th- there's a lot of distrust in it. Um, what, what's is there a weight there or, or what do you see as your responsibility to kind of, I guess, uphold journalism and, and all that's great about it? You know, um, I, I think, you know, I've always, I strive to be professional above all else, to be professional, to be fair, to be accurate. Now, I take this position, this this opportunity um, very seriously. I mean, my job is to serve the public. And in times like these, when this is a, you know, this is a crisis. I mean, this is affecting a lot of people. And, you know, for, for many people, you know, I, I take the approach that, you know, I have to assume that the, the viewer, the listener, that I am the only source of information you're going to have. I have to be accurate. I have to be credible. We have to be accurate and credible as a station with information. I mean, these are people's lives and livelihoods, and, and it's a relationship. I mean, that's, that, that's what, you know, that I've, you know, that I'm establishing as someone who you can trust to deliver information to you, to give you things that you need, you know, for your family, for yourself, and just to, to be, to be a part of, of the community, be a part. I mean, this is not just, I'm separate. I mean, you know, it sounds cliche. You hear a lot of the, 
taglines right now with this coronavirus, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. It sounds corny and cheesy, but it's true. And and, and I, I've always felt, I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a member of this community in Chicago, Chicago area, uh, to, to this state. You know, I feel that way when with the, about the University of Illinois. I feel that way about, you know, Champaign-Urbana, Central Illinois. Any, any place I've had contact with or I've, that has touched me and helped me, I, I'm a part of that. So I have to translate that into what I'm doing. So, yeah, I mean, look, I understand the climate we're in of fake news and, mm-hmm. you know, the media is always, you know, uh, you know creating stories and you know, they have a bias and all of these things. I mean, listen, and, and listen, social media has only exacerbated that because right. everybody has not just an opinion, but an outlet now. It's not, you don't just have an opinion, but you have an outlet to, you know, to uh, get your thoughts or your views out. Uh, and, and, you know, our, our news is a la carte now. It's not like it was when I was a kid. I mean, you had three choices. Right. It was channel two, five, and seven <laughs> on a black and white TV. Or, you, know, <laughs> you know, if you had a little money, maybe you had a, a, a color TV or the color TV didn't work with the black and white on top of it. So, <laughs> you know, you didn't, you didn't have all of the, the choices. Now people choose the news that fits their mm-hmm. viewpoint or political leaning. And I, I, look, I understand that. I just have to continue to uh, be factual, be fair. Uh, it's about the truth, seeking the truth, telling the truth, and that's it. And it's not about what I think or how I feel. It's about, you know, wh- wh- what is the story? You know, pe- you know to, to equate it to sports, people all, would always, and to this day, ask me, what, what's the best sports story you covered or your favorite sports story? And, um, you know, I said, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on to the next one. There are some that pop up. I mean, you know, great thing about Facebook, you get these memories that pop up. And, you know, uh, for those that don't know, I mean, I, my, my first experience with the Final Four was being a student manager with the 89-point Illini. And I've, I've loved the Final Four ever since. But I got to tell you, my, my favorite story as a journalist covering is the Loyola team two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, that, that's my number one. And not just, it's the entire story from during the season, to get to the Final Four during the tournament, just incredible moments and, and that you couldn't predict or script. And it was just so real and, and you know, that kind of thing. So that, that was – that would immediately tops my list, I think, when I think about it. But, uh, you know, I, I don't – look, there's only one team I root for. And, and funny – and I, actually, I, I can actually root now yeah. – since I'm not, I'm not officially a sports guy, I can actually root for Illinois and not be considered a homer. I'll root for Illinois, but in, in general, I root for the best story. Yeah. And guess what? The best, sto- the best story is not always a win. Uh, the best story, the, the better stories, you know, people will, will, they couldn't tell you the score of the NLCS in 03. They couldn't tell you the score of game six between the Cubs and Marlins, but they do remember Bartman. Yep. <laughs> they, they don't. They don't remember Alex Gonzalez, but they remember Barman because he's the story. I mean, the story is what I, I, I root for. And there've been so many things that have happened over time. I say, okay, this. You know, the story is what is, is that. That's what we live for. To tell that story, to 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 share that story, and do all those things. That that's what I enjoy about this business. So you know, if I just and, and I'm I'm gonna just keep doing that. How did you adjust your clock? How long does that take to adjust your clock to the wake up time and just the I guess the going to sleep time would probably be the hardest thing for me. 
how old are your kids? <laughs> One and three, right? <laughs> okay, so uh, I would say this. So my, my girls, uh, you've probably seen them on social media. You've seen them at the yeah. game. So they're, they're going to be six and four here. When, when you are an older dad with young kids, it's a lot easier than you think to, <laughs> to get adjusted to going to bed early. Yeah. It's a lot easier. Now, now here, here's what's hard. Uh, what's hard is when you're trying to catch games still and you're doing a transition. That 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 is hard. I I, I love those East Coast five and six o'clock Illini starts. <laughs> We're playing mm-hmm. like Rutgers or somebody. Th- those are great. But the the eight o'clock starts, I could catch the first half and I I'd be struggling and and try to do it. It's tough. But in general, I can tell you it's been a lot easier than even I anticipated to switch over. Because so so a lot of people have different when you know I've talked to so many people who work the morning shift. Some say well you you know you, you got to get a nap, got to make sure you work out. I think that is that is key. You do have to make sure you st- you stay on a schedule and, and try to get some exercise and get your body moving. But for me, I like to go and keep going all day. And my sweet spot is between eight p.m. and two a.m. And that's a good six hours. And I never really sleep more than six hours anyway. So yeah. that typically works for me. But there's some days it might be a little earlier. Some days it's a little later. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, uh, with March, you know, if we were in the middle of March Madness right now, it'd be later. <laughs> but, of course, with CBS, we wouldn't have a lot of a midday shows, so I, I could probably work it out if we had done that. But, but you know, it, it's, it's, this sounds crazy. I'm actually more rested. I get more sleep on this shift than I did <laughs> working what we call the night shift in TV, and I'll tell you why. Because, as you know, when your kids wake up, you're up. Yep. No matter what time that is. And, and you, I know your schedule. I mean, you, you, you file stuff late, you get home. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Your kids could care less. <laughs> they couldn't care any less of what time you got home. When they're up, you're up. And then you're on for the day. Yep. Right? So, let's say if I'm up at 5 or 6 o'clock and I'm, you know, doing this and that, and then I, you know, get to work between noon and 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and I'm there till 10, 30, 11 o'clock, I come back home. I got to wind down. I might not be going to bed till one. I, I, I'm I'm waking up when I used to go to bed, which is so crazy. <laughs> but when I when, when I go to bed, that's it. Right. And having a guest bedroom, I think that's the other thing. So <laughs> when stuff gets crazy, I got to go to sleep. I go in there and just close the door. And that's it. Yeah. That that does help. All right. Coming up next. Ryan, I want to ask you about some of the fun things of your career, some of the cool moments you've been able to have, as well as some uh, Illini experiences in that 89 flying Illini team. We'll do that next. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ryan, I, want, I don't want to keep it too long, so I wanted to ask you some quick hitters here. Oh, no, we're good. Okay. Um, 
What what was the better weather for you, San Diego or Orlando? Spent a lot of time in both. Oh, that's a good question. Um, so I was only in San Diego for a year, okay. but it was it was absolutely fabulous. But for me, I I still got to go Orlando because you know I, I I like it when it's eighty eighty five. Now sometimes it's too hot, but I, I'd rather have it that way. Mm-hmm. But San Diego is perfect. Don't get me wrong with the breeze. But over the course of the year, I'll, I'll take Orlando. Give, give me the sunshine. Uh, manager on the Flying Illini team, I, I think everyone knows that about you, but do you, I, I'm sure you're asked this all the time, Ryan, but just do you have a story about that team? About like when you knew it was, I mean, the talent everyone knew was going to be great and everything, but do you have a story that just kind of epitomizes that team? You know, I, I think, I tell people all the time is that, you know, the games were amazing. I, I think of, you know, th- that was a special season. Um, as you know, last year we celebrated the 30-year anniversary of the Flying Line. I think whenever you have a nickname and, and people remember you as that, that, that just kind of speaks to the stature you hold and, you know, in, in the sports culture. Um, the sad part about me, for me, is the fact that, when I think on that, it's like, you know, 31 and five, you get to the final four, but we didn't win the big 10 that year and, and didn't even get to the national championship game. So that's kind of a, a bittersweet thing for me because you want to hold I mean, you, you're still regional champs. I mean, that, that, that is a trophy you can have, but it's still like something that you win something. But, but for me is I think about the preseason practices, workouts with no coaches there at Huff. Um, that's when I knew that, okay, this is something special because the competition uh, was so fierce between the guys. I mean, you, you, I mean, literally, you could have, out of the 10 guys on the floor, you just could have pulled any names out of the hat and said, okay, this is the starting five. I mean, it was that intense of guys going at it, you know, really uh, trying to make each other better, putting their egos aside. I mean, you're talking about a team that at one point had – three McDonald's All-Americans on it between Marcus Liberty, who was the number one player in the nation, and he, he had to come off the bench. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Mm-hmm. This guy was the number one player, high school player in the nation, McDonald's All-American, and you're coming off the bench. I mean, that, that's, that says a lot. Uh, you know, Lowell Hamilton's a McDonald's All-American. Nick Anderson, you got all state players. I mean, you know, the players who won, a lot of people forget players who won that team who transferred were really good. But just, just to see the competition level, uh, and and Kenny Battle is the guy who led it. I mean, because he he brought the same energy every single day. Uh, and when people weren't watching, the I mean, every single day at practice, I've never seen I've never seen a guy work that hard consistently. But that's what pushed everybody. So when they got to the games, it was easy. Mm-hmm. It really was. And, and and seeing a guy you know like like Kendall Gill, the the the, the amazing leap he made from his sophomore to his junior year because he put the work in. I mean, these guys were, I mean, it wasn't just like they're out there clowning around. They were putting the work in. So th- those are the things I remember. And, you know, obviously we still have great relationships to this day and, you know, a lot of memories and, you know, some regret thinking, you know, if it could have, would have, should have, but right. many more, many more positive memories than anything else. And, you know, it's, uh, I'm just grateful. I was able to get a little front row seat to take a look. I mean, what a successful marriage, though, Lou Henson and Jimmy Collins were, too. What, what, what did you see out of that relationship? Oh, well, you know, I think it was Jimmy. I think it was the entire staff because yeah. everybody on that staff, from, from 
Dick Nagy to Mark Coombs all played a critical role. And it was, it was all perfect. And it all came together, really, of, um, you know, of, of making it with the right time, with the right people. Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, obviously, Coach Collins, he gets a lot of, you know, credit for recruiting. And, you know, it's funny. I, I just I had a long conversation with Coach C about a week ago. And, and he'll 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 send me a text and call and you know I like what you were wearing this morning, you know he's trying to give me you know <laughs> I, I can't say it how he would say it but, sure. but it, it's pretty funny it, and uh, you know and we were we were talking about some other things and it, it, we had chatted a little bit when UIC had gotten to the title yeah. game of Horizon League it's like I was like coach we, have, we might have to break out the dancing video them you know in, in 04 when UIC went matter of fact they beat Bruce Pearl in Milwaukee. Yeah to get to the tournament and, and, uh, and I was, I remember covering that game and, and I don't know what kind of dance he was doing, but coach broke out in the two step. Like you're going to the big dance and we have this video. So I have to find, dig that up somewhere. But anyway, it, it was, uh, it, it was like family. I, I think that's the best way to put it. That that's, that's what it was like. And coach C was like your favorite uncle. And, mm-hmm. you know, coach Simpson, of course, is the dad or granddad, however you want to call it. By the way, I, I definitely, Coach, if you're listening, you know, we, we love you, and I know you, you're you going to keep fighting, and uh, we're, we're, we're praying for you and pulling for you. But, you know, I, I'm sure Coach Henson's going to outlast us all because he's the toughest <laughs> guy in the room. He's a fighter, man. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, I mean we, we, we've had these moments probably ten times over the last decade, but, you know, we, we uh, he's truly a one-of-a-kind. It was just the right mix of people for the right group. Uh, you know, from the no-nonsense head coach to, you know, e- even, you know, Coach Nagy to Coach Coombs, uh, you know, keeping folks in line, being prepared, being, you know, it, so it wasn't just razzle-dazzle and ducking the ball of really understanding and scouting opponents and knowing what was going on. It just had all the elements of it, and everybody got along. It was uh, it was uh, truly something special. And I think, Jeremy, you see it when those guys come back and just the kind of energy and atmosphere – it's yeah. like it was yesterday. You kind of could feel it yourself, probably too, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you too. You and you and Kendall throwing out this Shaq story, and I got I gotta say, Ryan, I, I'm a little skeptical. Okay, so can you can you clear up this Shaq recruiting story? Like, I I think he was going to LSU the whole time. Oh no, he was going to LSU. Yeah. I don't think. I mean, I've <laughs> talked to Shaq about this many times, but the fact that he still took the visit, yeah, I think. You know, said because he didn't have to do it. But but the, the the one thing I'll never forget, he walked through the tunnel at Assembly Hall, and I was like, my God, I've never seen a human being that big. <laughs> and he's a senior in high school. And then you look down. I mean, I mean, and Shaq will tell you. I mean, he he came from modest means. His feet were so big that, and I'm not kidding, Jeremy. His toes were coming through the front of his Nike sneakers. Wow, literally were bursting through the front because he couldn't find shoes that fit him. You know, the size 20 or whatever he's wow. wearing or 22. I mean, he couldn't find shoes. And, you know, Shaq was really, all he wanted to talk about was like how he wanted to be a rapper. And he had like these mixtapes and he had all these things. All, and, and, and he did talk about how cold it was. Like, mind you, he took a visit after the Final Four. He took a late visit. This was, this was late March, early April. I know, but by fact, it was in April. Mm-hmm. And it might have been one of those. It, we didn't think it was cold, but you know, I guess for yeah. him, he thought it was. But uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Shaq just wanted to use all of his visits yeah. and do that. But the <laughs> fact that the fact that he was on campus, yeah, and you know, who knows? Uh, you know, 
I'll I put it this way. I, I think anybody who thinks we were paying people, I mean, that kind of proves it, you know. Or, or maybe we just couldn't afford it. Right, that's right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no. Listen, he was going to LSU all the time, and I think it worked out for everybody. What was the coolest to cover, Cubs World Series, Stanley Cups, or the Olympics? Oh, that's uh, – Cubs winning the World Series. Yeah. I mean, the fact – in the 108 years, the way it happened, Game 7 – they were down 3-1 in the series. You come back, you force the game seven, extra innings, rain delay. I mean, all the drama. I mean, you just couldn't, again, the story. It's about the story. Of course, they want it and how they want it. But just, you know, that that is just, I mean, look, I've been very fortunate. I, I've been on the field when the White Sox won the World Series in 05 for three Blackhawks Stanley Cups uh, for uh, the, the the Cubs historic. I mean, I, I actually I actually enjoyed the parade probably more so than Game Seven because it was raining and everything in Cleveland <laughs> and all of that. It was so chaotic. But I've been extreme and, and so many other things in between. Uh, so it's hard to pick one. But I I just think when you when you look at the historic implication and and the drama involved. I mean, I, you just you can't top the Cubs winning the World Series in that fashion. Scene. The elation, and it was because I don't even think it fully hit the team until I, there was one one moment I remember. I think we were there at the progressive field. It was I, I might have left there at four o'clock in the morning. By the time we, you know, you're getting interviews and filing reports and doing this stuff, and your whole body smells like you've been sleeping in a keg because <laughs> the whole room just mixture of beer and champagne, and you're reeking, and just seeing them walk to the bus. Uh, to go to the airport and just kind of with their families and just the the joy on the players' faces and kind of like when it was really sinking in, like we just did this, mm-hmm. you know. So those kind of moments you can kind of think about and remember. It's like, wow, you never forget that. And just, uh, you know, the, the all of it. I mean, yeah. I, I think it, it's just hard to top the Cubs. Winning the World Series—that that's just that was that has to be right there, number one. Before I let you go, Ryan, can I can I ask you? Um, you can say what you want. I, I know there's only so much you can say, but um, breaking the Lovey Smith hire—what <laughs> was that like for you? And uh, oh wow, to, to tw- I, I, I've forgotten about that. To, that was uh, to tweet that out. What was that like? <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Um, you know. Listen, a, a, a broke clock is right twice a day. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it just depends. Uh, that that was just uh, timing. And uh, w- what I remember about that day is, is this, is, um, so this is, no, I, I don't think, no, my daughter was not born because, because when, this is Lovey's. Uh, it was 2016. No, no, she was. I take yeah. that back. What year was this? 2016, March 2016. No, oh no, 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 no. So she was it. So I think we must. We obviously had a sitter because uh, uh, Grace will be uh, six in a couple weeks. So I just remember it was a Saturday, and we had planned this day for a while that uh, we were gonna. Matter of fact, I, and it's coming back to me now. We we did have somebody for a sitter. We were doing like a grown-ups day we we're gonna but basically we went to this place my wife had set up this spa treatment for the two of us and the place we went there was no cell reception zero and it was like we were gonna just get away escape and you know do this like a couple's massage the whole thing well 
when it's over, I get back and open the locker and somehow I look at my phone. I've got like a thousand text messages. Like, what's going on? And I'm like, oh, no. So needless to say that that, that couple's day went away. <laughs> that was all over. She was so cool. We went to, I was like, babe, I can't do it right now. And it was just a lot of uh, <laughs> phone calls and texts. And, you know, it was just, uh, you know, it just kind of worked out. Yeah. So it just, it's amazing how it happened. And, you know, who, that, that, that'll probably be my last Alana scoop because you get them all now. <laughs> ah, that's not always true. Um, <laughs> Ryan, before... you, you get them all. Oh, when, you, when you tell me, where, where's Alan Griffin going? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> did, did you see? Did you see that coming? No, I didn't see that coming. Did you see that coming? Uh, uh, absolutely not. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> I don't think Brad saw uh, it coming. And, and look, but 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 I, I would say this: I, I, nothing surprises me in college basketball, and certainly. In today's world, nothing, absolutely nothing surprises me. No. And, you know, it was one of those, when I saw that, I was like, what? Yeah. Look, I wish the kid the best if that's what he wants to do. And I know this, you know, who knows? I don't know if he wants to play with his brother at Duke or who knows. He's had a hell of a year. And, you know, I mean, the college is, I think if you follow me, you know where I stand. I think these kids need to be compensated, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, m- more than they are in terms of what they give. And so, you know, if if the equivalency of free agency is what they have, then I think you know, hey, look, that's just that's, that's the way it goes. I mean, yeah. so I, I I don't have a a problem with that, but I, I hate. To, I mean, the kid just made such a huge step this year, and you always. I, I think I think it's a double whammy from you know a, a team going from twenty one losses to twenty one wins, and you're poised to go back to the tournament for the first time in forever and six seven years, and you know, and and, and okay, so well, okay, next year we'll be pretty good. And and then you you know you never want to lose an experienced player. I don't care right. who's coming in, who's waiting in the wings. You just don't want to do that. It's just I, I don't I don't buy that. So that, that's a tough one. And and, and and I like him personally. He's a good kid. I know his dad. And you know, but look, you know, he has his reasons, and you know, it, it'll all be found out in due time, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, before we let you go, just any young journalist or spying journalist, what advice would you have for them as they try to break into this field and, you know, maybe not duplicate all the success you've had, but just try and make it in a really competitive business? Well, I mean, number one, you got to work. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you could share that with them. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the bottom line is if you don't let anybody outwork you, uh, you'll be fine. Are you there? Yeah, yeah, here. Okay, no, I thought I, I thought, and, and I would say that. Uh, listen, be a journalist. You know, don't don't necessarily try to be. You know, I want to be a sports guy, play by play guy. I want to be, you know, whatever it is. Be a journalist. Be a storyteller. If you focus focus on being a storyteller, being a good writer, I, I think I think the sky's the limit. The opportunities are endless, and, and to do that. And to be willing to put in the work uh, that that you need to 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 hone your craft, and you know, uh, you know, we get a lot of young people who, uh, but they want to intern, and you know, and, and I guess it's maybe a, you know, you always want to say like in my day we never did that. I don't necessarily believe that, or like I don't want to move, I don't want to live mm-hmm. in this place or that place. And look, you got to be willing to do whatever it takes to get to where you're trying to go, whatever whatever that is, and wherever that is. And because it's because if you if you focus on the work, that's what it's about. It's about the work. It's about the story. It's about the craft. If you focus on those things and always trying to be the best you can in that regard, everything's gonna fall into place. 
Ryan Baker, appreciate the time, man. Best to you and your family and uh, continued success. Great catching up. Same to you, my friend. I, I appreciate you. And again, proud of the work you're doing. I hope you enjoyed that. I, I loved some of those stories that he had, but uh, I also enjoyed the nitty-gritty of the, the journalism profession and how his career has taken him. Hope to do more of these as, as we all get through uh, these challenging times together, but give you more stories of these people and people you know and more long-form conversations. I hope you're enjoying these. So subscribe to us, our podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us. That really helps us out. So if you could take a minute or two, that'd be great. And if you're able to subscribe, Subscribe to our website. We still have so much news and analysis. I, I got to be honest with you, I'm really proud of what our team has done, of of finding stories and giving you stories and giving you different analysis. And, you know, there's more football things what we're going to get into, some recruiting stuff uh, that, that I've reported. I'm doing our targets of the day. Obviously, with the Alan Griffin news, we've had breakdowns of that. And, and Derek has planned on doing some big off-season pieces uh, and getting some insight from people inside the program as well. So we got a lot coming up. So if you're able to, it's a dollar for your first month at Illini Inquirer. You can join up, sign, uh, subscribe to us. We appreciate that of course for all you people who maybe can't get this subscription or haven't quite convinced quite yet i will still have the free coverage as well of all the news that's going on for illinois as well appreciate you consuming us wherever you do whether it's the podcast the website the vip memberships or the message boards appreciate you guys hope all of you are well your families are well take care of each other we'll talk to you next time on the online inquire podcast Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.